This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to be with you here today. Libby returns to the show on Monday. Number six out of 74. That new study Bob was just telling you about ranking Toronto as the sixth worst commute of 74 cities around the world. We are behind only Rio de Janeiro, Bogota, Sao Paulo, Istanbul and Salvador. And why? Well, according to researchers at B2P comparison site, B2B comparison site, expert market, the average commute time and time spent in traffic is longer than the vast majority of major world cities, along with the longer wait for a bus or train, the longer average distance to make a commute and too many changes made in a commute, along with the higher cost to buy a travel card compared with income. What do you think? Does this ring true for you? How much time do you spend commuting? Is it driving you crazy? Literally, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining me to discuss are two commuter experts, Sheila Pizzi-Allen, Executive Director of TTC Riders, and Amanda O'Rourke, Executive Director of 880 Cities, whose goal is to improve quality of life for city residents, whether you are eight years of age, or 80. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Jane, for having us. I should also mention to you both that uh, the Public Works Chair, uh, Jay Robinson, was going to join us up until just a few minutes ago, but she had to go into an urgent meeting. We do have a statement uh, from Mayor John Tory on this study. He says, uh, Mayor Tory is focused on building transit and getting our city moving, so Toronto residents, regardless of whether they ride transit, cycle, walk, or drive, can have a better commute. And certainly... Uh, I think you would both agree that Toronto's mayor is trying to make a difference and catch up on 30 or 40 years of a lack of planning for the future of transit in this city. Uh, We can start with you, Sheila. Sure, yeah. Um, Well, I think all of the factors that you named that uh, have placed Toronto really low on the list are related to the funding that the TTC gets. So building transit is just one part of the puzzle. We need fair funding for the TTC from the province and the city to fund buses, buy new buses, um, and to lower fares. And uh, that's the kind of leadership we haven't seen. The TTC is chronically underfunded. And uh, last year, ridership decreased significantly for the first time since 2003. So we have a a long way to go before we see a bump up from the sixth worst commute. Amanda, let's uh, talk about the report. You've looked at it. Is it an accurate reflection of Toronto's commute and its place when compared with other cities? 
Well, I think it's important to note that the report doesn't look at pedestrian or cycling issues at all. It's really looking at um, people riding public transit and uh, people driving their cars. Uh, that being said, I think, you know, the key takeaway from the report, in my view, is it shows how inefficient our current system of moving people around is in the city. And I think the report, you know, residents across Toronto could tell you that without reading this report, as you mentioned. Um, and it's really a kind of another call to action that we need to start using our existing streets smarter. And that means investing in high-quality public transit, as Sheila mentioned, and high-quality, safe pedestrian and cycling infrastructure. It's interesting to point out, and it's something I just want to bring up at the beginning of our discussion, that the cities that are ranked, the cities that do well in this particular study, are not large cities. Uh, For instance, in France, Nice and Lyon, uh, also Leicester in England, we have Strasbourg. Uh, So not exactly cities like London and L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, Miami, and many of those cities also fall far short, not as uh, not as badly as Toronto does in this survey. But it is interesting to note that more medium to large size cities are placing higher on this list. So it doesn't really feel like an accurate apples to apples comparison of the biggest cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Sheila, I would yeah. agree with you, Jane, that I think that um I think that it's a bit of an unfair comparison to look at when those uh, cities are uh, smaller population size. We know, um, you know, moving a lot of people around the city in, in the larger cities, it's a big challenge. Uh, but at the same time, we know the solutions to moving people is really investment in transit and walking and cycling. And there's no city in the world that has solved the issue of traffic congestion without making significant investment in those. Sorry, Sheila, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that when when we look at other transit systems and compare them, one of the measures that we look at is how much funding per rider the transit system gets. And the TTC is the least subsidized transit system of its size in North America. So um, for every rider on the TTC, the city... um, gives a subsidy to the TTC of about a dollar and seven cents. When you compare that to a city like LA, each rider gets a subsidy of $3. Chicago is around $2. So we're really sh- falling short when it comes to properly funding our transit and uh, increasing ridership um, is one of the uh, is what we haven't seen happen because of that. Right. That's a, that is an interesting comparison. And, and how do you see the incoming Doug Ford PC government uh, either working to improve that situation or are there indications that it could get worse? Well, they haven't. Uh, we asked all of the parties before the election to make commitments to fairly funding the TTC, and the PC government um, did not include plans to fund the TTC fairly. In fact, they campaigned on a promise to cut the gas tax and cancel cap and trade. And the gas tax is the only source of provincial funding for the TTC's operation. So they haven't announced how they're going to replace that very important source of transit funding, and we're very concerned about that because. Uh, we know that increasing bus 
bus service, increasing service, decreasing fares is what we need to do to get more people taking public transit. I'd like to hear from you, the Zoomer Radio listener, the Zoomer Radio commuter, how long you spend in your commute, whether you're driving or doing a combination of your vehicle and transit, maybe go transit, or you're taking an outer GTA transit service to the TTC. How long does it take you to get to work every day or to get to where you're going on a daily basis. We'd appreciate your perspective because it helps us round out the conversation here, your actual experience in sitting in traffic, or maybe you have a positive experience. You figured out a a time of day to go to work that works for you and uh, has cut down your commuter time. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's get back to Amanda and we look at a livable city and using our city's streets properly. I mean, this is a big focus for you at 880 Cities. What are we doing well? And 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 perhaps that uh, is, is a springboard for the conversation of what we should continue to do. Well, I think, um, you know, 880 cities were very uh, proud of the fact that uh, Toronto and City Council has committed to becoming a Vision Zero city, which basically means to end all traffic fatalities on our streets. So we strongly support the intent of that plan and that goal. All of the, um, you know, your listeners have probably seen quite a few news stories over the last um, couple years, really, uh, showing that the the streets are reaching a kind of crisis point when it comes to fatalities for vulnerable road users. So I think the um, the step of having the goal of a Vision Zero City is an important one. Um, but just earlier this week, we have also asked um, released a report showing that, you know, in the last two years when Vision Zero was announced, we've had 93 people, uh, pedestrians and cyclists, killed on our streets. Um, and this is not acceptable. This is totally preventable. And there are very specific actions that City Council can do um, to improve the safety of our streets right away, and one of them um, being lowering our speeds. Um, so I think we're doing things right in terms of the intention of having zero fatalities on our streets, but it's not happening fast enough, and the implementation is not happening fast enough. Sheila, what do you think about, I mean, in terms of a proactive project that is underway, the King Street Pilot Project, certainly the riders of the King Street streetcar are very pleased with uh, their commute times being reduced as a result of that. Absolutely. Um, I think the King Street pilot shows that when transit is reliable, um, that it's more attractive to take because ridership has jumped um, on King Street. And the TTC has uh, a ridership growth strategy to boost the numbers of people taking public transit. It includes service improvements like more express bus service and um, experimenting with more transit priority projects like King Street along really uh, high ridership bus routes. So um, there is a blueprint for improving transit in our city, but the ridership growth strategy is not funded. So, um, you know, a lot of these improvements that we know will work, lowering fares, adding more service, really come down to a question of funding and making sure that the TTC is fairly funded. All right, let's go to the phones and talk to the commuters. 416-360-0740. 
866-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-744-740. Jody in Mississauga, nice to have you on Fight Back. What's your story? Thank you. Um, I have a good commuting story. I, I work in Mississauga and until two years ago lived 10 minutes from my office moved uh, to Waterdown, which is over an hour commute for me, but I was lucky enough to change my hours at work and work 7 to 3.30, so I miss rush hour, and I quite enjoy my drives, listening to your station both ways, all the way. Oh, that's uh, great. It's kind of a peaceful time, and I, I don't mind the commute at all. And how long does that take you? Uh, probably about an hour and 15 minutes. But it's the traffic is smooth, so you're not stopping and going. Exactly. So and that's it's a nice time of day. It's peaceful, and I, I quite like it. Oh, well, thank you for calling in and telling us that. My pleasure. And thank you for listening. Thank you. All right, let's go to Louise in Toronto. Hi, Louise. What would you like to say about uh, commuting in Toronto? Okay, so I live in South Atoko and work... Um, uh, at uh, sort of Allen Road and uh, Lawrence. So it was, um, I was driving and I decided to try transit mm-hmm. of the Lake Shore, although it says uh, every 10 minutes the bus or the streetcar will come. In reality, it was anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes on a regular basis. And speaking to other commuters, they said this was normal. So it would end up taking me about uh, at least two hours because it's two buses and a subway. You see, so and that's about, that's not reasonable, is it? It's not reasonable, and also uh, many of us do need a car. I'm seventy, and um, so um, on my way to work, I often pop in to see my mom, or I may pick up groceries. I do grocery shopping on the way back, so transit is not. Um, uh, once in a while, I'll take the go train when I work downtown. And that works out well from Long Branch down to Union. It's 20 minutes. It's perfect. Uh, but on a regular basis, I find that many of us have activities that we have to do, for instance, after work. So it may entail, uh, so riding a bike is not, so that's a recreational thing for me. That's right. not a logical commute uh, to work, for example. So the uh, I reverted back to taking my car because of the, uh, the length of time it was taking me to work. And how long, does that, how, do, how long does that trip take uh, in your vehicle? The Etobicoke no, to uh, Allen and Lawrence? Okay, to be honest, it was taking me about 40 minutes, 45 okay. minutes, which was perfect. Yes. Until the construction started on the 401. Okay. Now, what I find is that there is a lack of a very holistic approach to the city planning. So um, many of us are aware that Toronto had more condos built in the city than any other city in the world. And this is now for about four or five consecutive years. So when I first checked, I think it was in 2014, uh, there were 140 new condos. The next city, I think, was 128, and then it dropped down to about 80. So we've had this really rapid growth of condos right. and the lack of the, the so the developers then um, drop the, you know, the tens of thousands of new people that are going into these uh, condos 
so the developers finish their development, sell their units, and off they go. Sure, and you've so, got all these people who don't have the transit to take them where they need to go. That's right. So well, I want to. I actually want to thank you, Louise. I want to talk to Sheila Pisey Allen about that uh, at TTC Riders uh, because we have a similar situation here in Liberty Village. We have all these condos popping up. We have all these twenty and thirty somethings who are living in this area who work downtown, and there isn't proper transit. That is somewhat being improved by the King Street Pilot Project and extra trains on that run. But I mean, it's not just happening here in Liberty Village. Uh, as we heard there from Louise, it's happening everywhere in the city. The TTC does have a ridership growth strategy. Is that going to meet the needs over time properly? Well, um, it's it's a start. Uh, it includes recommendations for more express bus service and other measures like lowering uh, the crowding standard and a whole host of other things. But you're right, the investments in our transit system have not kept pace with our city. And it's so sad to hear Louise say that she you know, decided to t- try transit and she just couldn't make it work because it was so unreliable waiting for half an hour. Um, we'd like to see an expansion of the 10 minutes or better service network to all routes across the city so that people can, when they go out and decide to take transit, it's reliable, it's fast, and they get to where they need to go. What are you calling that? that? What are you calling Um, that service? There is a network of uh, 10 minutes or better service, Okay. um, but we'd like to see that expanded. And, you know, you heard Louise say, you know, it was supposed to come every 10 minutes, but it didn't. So there's obviously huge gaps to fill, and to do that, the TTC needs more funding and more transit across the city. Well, Louise's story plays into this study almost perfectly. Uh, which is why we are ranking number six out of 74 cities in the world as having uh, the worst commute experience because part of the criteria is how many changes you have to make along your commute and the fact that she takes two buses but two hours to go from Etobicoke to the Allen and Lawrence. It's just, I mean, that would be beyond frustrating. Let's go back to the calls. Uh, Cheryl in Toronto. Hi, you're up on Zoomer Radio. Hi. How's your commute, Cheryl? My commute is frustrating at best. Okay. I'm a WSIB uh, LTD, long-term disability return-to-work representative. I have to travel across the city, and there is no such thing as an ease in traffic from the time. Let me give you an example. If I need to get down to university in Queen in the morning, it will take me 50 minutes if I leave at 6 o'clock in the morning to get down there. It will take you 15 minutes, right? It will take me 15 minutes. If I leave any time after that, it's taking me over an hour. Um, My frustration is a lot of things. The lights are not synchronized, so by the time I get to one light, another one has stopped, and it backs up the traffic. Right. And I find if, if my appointments are running late, I, I am just frustrated. I listen to Zoomer Radio. That helps a lot, thank God. But for the most part, there is no ease in traffic. We need to look at how we, we have the signals on, on the street. If I'm coming down Lawrence on the avenue, Lawrence Avenue going east in the morning, from 9 o'clock onwards, uh, I can't turn right to get off of the street. If I'm coming west, I can't turn left. And so I'm stuck in this quagmire of, of traffic. 
on a daily basis, and it's most annoying. I, I'm, I'm turning gray most of the time. Yeah, no, I believe it. Well, hopefully uh, ranting here on the radio helped your blood pressure a little bit. <laughs> I feel for you. It sounds does not Thank sound you. pleasant. <laughs> But, I, I'm driving this Bluetooth in my ear right now. That's yeah. the only way I can talk to you. <laughs> I, but, I, I um, figured that. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. I, we we need better planning for to 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 move traffic along. I'm going to, thank you Cheryl, I'm going to ask Amanda O'Rourke about that, uh, about the planning aspect and uh, the whole focus of your 880 cities is to make the quality of life better for city residents, whether you're 8 years old or 80 years old, so uh, speak to that commuter situation where you're just, you're spending so much time frustrated in the city that you love but can't get around him properly. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Louise and Cheryl definitely hit on a really important theme, and that is that uh, our population here in Toronto is growing. Uh, We have a lot more density in the city, and uh, the demographics are changing. We have a lot more people living downtown and just a lot more people using our streets, more people walking, more people biking, more people using transit, more people driving their cars than we ever have had in our history, really. Uh, So it is really a time to think about the role of our streets and how we can move those people around. And as I mentioned before, um, we have to start using our streets smarter. I mean, we don't, the space that we have for our streets, unless we start knocking down buildings, we don't have any room to build more. So it's really about thinking about how we can make the proper investments in moving people um, around the city. And that is you know, transit, uh, better walking infrastructure and bicycling infrastructure. And if, yes, uh, as Cheryl mentioned, there are some efficiencies that you can uh, get uh, with signalization and things. But for the most part, we know from looking at cities around the world and looking at how streets can improve uh, people's quality of life, um, it really is sort of the basics of, of good walking infrastructure, good cycling infrastructure, and uh, quality transit investment. All right, let's uh, see if we can get a couple more calls in before we talk to our pharmacist today. Let's go to Jim in Toronto. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, Jim. Love your show. I love Zoomer. Great. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. Thank you. Um, I do a lot of driving in downtown and different parts of the city, and just some observations, and I can agree with some of your previous callers. Um, Ever since the King Street project went in. We've had a lot of uh, gridlock downtown Toronto, which has now gotten worse. If you're trying to go anywhere, say, at uh, rush hour Thursday and Friday, uh, anywhere between Bathurst and Jarvis, uh, Lakeshore, up almost to uh, Dundas, it's a gridlock. I've spent 35 minutes or more coming from York and uh, Richmond down to front. And then another 40 minutes trying to get over to either Peter Street or John Street along uh, front street and it's like that every week and it's really frustrating as your callers have said um there's another issue too like if you're coming on the young street and there's a stop sign the pedestrians continue to walk so you might get traffic clear that you can make your turn even a right turn and then the pedestrians come in one at a time or the bikes come in one at a time and by the time they're done you can't come across no Um, i get the same thing is on some of the uh no right turn on reds Mm -hmm. by the time it's finished being green, you still can't turn because people have got in front of you. So what I'd like to suggest is maybe they make a little more um, right turn or left turn uh, sign lanes or or the little lights so people can turn and that you have a um, 
an education process for the cyclists and for uh, the pedestrians to be a little more aware of what they're doing. I had a lady walk right in front of me the other day, not even paying attention. I know, that is a, that is a big problem. All right, Jim, you, you've got the final word, so I thank you for your call. Also, a thank you to my guests, Sheila Pisey allen of TTC Riders and Amanda O'Rourke at 880 Cities. Uh, ladies, I think this is definitely going to become, it is already a municipal election issue, so I appreciate you joining the conversation today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.